Welcome to the Geek to Geek Podcast, where silence is golden. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Oh, wait. No, he can actually say anything. He lost his voice today. Sorry, that was a mean intro, but I thought it'd be slightly funny. Um, he lost his voice earlier today, so I don't have a whole show planned, but I thought I would do a quick mini-sode because I can't not have something hit the feed this week. He should be back next week. He's not actually sick. He just lost his voice, so hopefully his voice returns, and we'll get back to normal next week. But I have a really quick, just kind of like my geekery's been building up, and Maybe this is one of those things that you guys don't know, but I think I've mentioned it once or twice. I always go last with my geekery because I have the ability to like scale to the time remaining. We always try to hit that like right around an hour mark and BJ doesn't, which probably doesn't surprise any of you. Um, but I, because of that, sometimes what happens is I have things that are evergreen in my geekery and they'll just sit there and they'll just sit there for week after week. And sometimes they'll like sit there for a couple months. So I kind of have a backlog that's been forming. So it's probably not a bad week to kind of clear that out and just talk through some of the things that I've been doing and give you guys a little mini geekery episode. And then we'll be back next week. So that's probably enough preamble. Let's get into it. My top geekery for this week that I absolutely have to mention is this podcast that I found. It's called 13 Minutes to the Moon, and it's by BBC. And I think it's the BBC World Service doing the podcast, but it's just it's amazing. It's not surprisingly about the moon landing. And you get to dive into all these aspects of the Apollo program and the moon landing, but it's the aspects that you don't normally get to dive into because I feel like most of us have absorbed our space knowledge from like videos and like uh, documentaries like a lot of it comes from documentaries and when you have a documentary you need something visual to go along with it when you're in podcast form you don't you can just listen and it can be interesting even if there's not a visual component that would be interesting so i'm learning things that i never knew about the apollo program even though i've watched a ton of space documentaries and i've read about it but you know i haven't read as much as i probably should have but it's really cool so just as an example like there's a whole episode about mission control and you always think about mission control as this place that you probably have a good mental image of because it's been in movies and TVs and stuff. And it's just like a set of people that are in charge of the mission. But really, when you think about it, every one of those people is an individual person. And we don't really think about them beyond maybe like the flight director, like you probably recognize them because you've seen Apollo 13, right? And that's kind of the extent of it. So they have an episode that just dives into mission control and kind of like narrows down the scope to like, look at this person for a little bit, look at that person for a little bit. And the intricacies of what's going on during a mission and all of the things that those guys individually have like running through their head and all of the communication loops that they're all on. Because when they have their headsets on, they're really listening to like three, four, maybe six different communication loops between different groups of people at any given time. And they need to filter that through this like mental process of everything they know about the systems that they're in charge of, and then know when to step in or when to comment or when to react. And they always have to be ready to go, give a go or no go when it comes to their part of the mission and the systems that they're in charge of. And it, so that's not what the entire podcast is about, but it's just like an example of like how narrow they can get into a topic. Like there was the latest episode that I just listened to today when I was on a walk was about the man who didn't walk on the moon, the third member of the mission and what his mission was and what it was like to be on the far side of the moon and alone, like away from humanity. And it was really, really fascinating. And like what that part of the mission entailed and all of that. So 
it's it's cool. I can't recommend it enough if you're interested in space at all. It's called 13 Minutes to the Moon. It's actively coming out. There's about six of them out right now, and I don't know how many there are going to be in total, but I can give it my full recommendation as a really good podcast. I also want to talk about, I know that I mentioned that I watched, well, I tried anime a few weeks ago where I had that long weekend off, and so I took every suggestion that everybody had given me. I watched like 60 different shows. I didn't finish every single first episode but i tried every first episode and i walked out with like six different animes to try out maybe it was like seven um and i said i would get back to somebody some of them the only one that i really watched all the way through right away was restaurant to another world because that one just kind of captured me i like that one a lot so i had some time and we're kind of in this lull before games are coming out for the year we're not for the year but for the season for the spring summer you know before we get into like the big fall releases we're just in that lull that happens every year so it was a good time to kind of catch up on some shows and videos and stuff that i had on my list and i was like oh i'm just gonna knock out a bunch of this anime before i run out of my free month subscription to crunchyroll so that's what i did so i gave my hero academia another couple episodes and i still like the premise it's where the main character doesn't have superpowers and most people in the world do have superpowers but he wants to be a hero anyway and it's a cool premise but the show just isn't quite fast enough for me and it was super predictable so i felt like every two episodes should have been condensed down to about one episode like they were going at half the pace that i wanted it to move at and i think i watched five episodes so i probably watched about half of that first season and i was just like okay pick up the pace which when I hit that point, I know I'm just done with it. So I stepped away from that one. Um, I went back and I tried One Punch Man again. And the whole show is satire, which I think I realized in epi- the first episode of it. But I really got a feel for that the more I watched. So I watched probably three or four of those episodes. And again, it's in one of those where I still like the premise. The premise is that there's this guy who's so powerful that he can defeat anybody with one single punch. And that's it. Like that's He does that every single episode, but they structure it differently every episode. And the whole thing is satire, which is interesting in small amounts. But once you get up to larger amounts and you kind of understand the structure, it's like, oh, I understand what every episode is going to be. And they do some interesting things. They try to keep it fresh, but it just started to feel repetitive to me. So I set that one down, too. There are two that I did finish. I watched all of the first season and actually each of these only has one season. So one was Yuri on Ice, which I was super surprised that I was able to get into this one. It's about us figure skating Grand Prix tournament. And it's just like not the thing that I would normally think of as something I would be interested in. But it follows the main character who's in his last year of competition or competitive figure skating. And it's like the season is upcoming, like it's not there yet. And he's thinking about like, does he want to go back for another season? Is he going to retire? Either way, this is probably going to be his last year doing it. And um, he gets an unexpected coach. And then the whole season is kind of about his relationship with that coach and the other figure skating competitors. And it's like surprisingly good. And the thing that grabbed me about it was the characters. There's a lot of interesting relationship stuff going on between characters and getting to know the characters and the various like figure skaters and the competitors and stuff was super interesting to me. Um, Sometimes the routines and like the thought process behind the figure skating routines was interesting enough, but that there are episodes that are more devoted to that where it's like a competition episode and you get to see like everyone's routine. And those were the ones where I was like, okay, I'm going to get on my phone and kind of do some other stuff at the same time. The ones where it was characters interacting with other characters, those were, I was like all in full. It, it was a little bit of a mixed bag, but I liked it enough that I watched the whole season. It was like, you know, 13, I think 13 is pretty standard for an anime season and it was good. So 
I would recommend it if you're interested in relationships and kind of weird settings because it's not at all a typical setting. I would not recommend it with kids. There are some things in here that are not extremely sexual, but just kind of like they're riding the line for sure. So it's questionable. But as an adult, like it was totally fine. And it doesn't go like hard R or hard M or anything like that. But again, just like if you watch anime with your kids or cartoons or whatever, this is one that's probably like, eh, I don't know, you'd have to judge based on your own kids. Um, and then the last one that I watched was definitely don't watch around kids because it's like super violent in places. Um, but it's like spurts of violent in the midst of episodes where it would be totally fine to watch with a kid. It's just kind of random, which is one of the things the show isn't random. But the ones that are like violent or have adult themes are interspersed with ones that like would be totally fine to watch with a kid. That one is Kino's Journey. And I think I talked about the premise of this one. Kino is a character who travels around the world and she's just a traveler. And she has this talking motorcycle that it's just a motorcycle. It doesn't have like a mouth to talk or anything. It just talks. Don't ask questions. It's anime. And Kino travels around the world to all of these different like Walden areas that are called countries. So it's not countries in the way that we would think of them, but they're called countries in this universe or on this world. And it's really interesting because every country has something unique about it. So each episode kind of dives into either one or multiple countries. They usually last for either a full episode, which is like, you know, 23 minutes or like half an episode. So 12 minutes, somewhere in there. And it's just kind of an anthology series, which is I'm, I'm realizing that maybe I just really like short story collections and anthologies and stuff. I mean, Restaurant to Another World caught my attention, and that was definitely in this vein of short stories. Kino's Journey is the same thing. It's like every episode or every half episode, I get a new story in a new setting. And sometimes it's like recurring characters that are also travelers come up. But most of it is based around Kino. And I just to give an example of one of the countries and like how they put a twist on it. So there's this country and they enter it and I'm going to give slight spoilers because it's interesting. Um, Kino goes into the country and the main thing about the country that's different is that you can't get in trouble for murder. So people can kill other people and you think that they're going to go in and it's going to be this like lawless town. Everyone's killing each other, whatever, but it's not, it's like perfectly pleasant. Everyone gets along really well. There's no violence that you can see at all. Um, but people have like weapons just in case. And so, you know, something weird is going on underneath. And in the end, what happens is somebody else comes to the city or to the country. And this is where the light spoilers are, but very light. So they come because they heard that you can murder people. And it's somebody who just wants to kill a bunch of people. And as soon as everybody else in the country realizes that that guy is like crazy and just came there to kill people, they all just use their power of like murder to kill him, to get rid of him because they want to have a nice, peaceful society. And that's the twist, right? It's almost like a Twilight Zone twist where the whole episode you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. Something's happening behind the scenes here. And then in the end, you realize that they hold on to this power because they want to keep it peaceful and they don't want anybody to die. And so it's like that, right? It's these adult themes like killing and murder, again, not for kids, but in a way that's not super violent. And there's always an interesting twist and it's not like grotesque or over the top or any of that kind of thing. So yeah, I don't know. Again, I just liked that every episode was different and sometimes you get like two stories per episode. And if there was another season of Kino's Journey, I would absolutely watch it. Okay, done with anime. I'm kind of caught up. I don't know if I'm going to watch any more for 
a while. I went through most of the ones I wanted to see. Um, On to games. So games I've been playing. There's this game, it's a mobile game, and you guys know I go through phases of like, I'll pick up a ton of mobile games, and then I'll quickly get rid of them. So there's one that's been kind of sticky. I feel like I'm maybe approaching the end with it, but I've been playing it off and on for a month and a half, maybe, maybe almost two months. It's called Rumble Stars, and it's like mobile soccer but cartoony with these like cartoon animals and it's goofy but it's like fun goofy the way it plays is kind of like like clash royale or like one of those games where you each are on one side of a combat field and you like send waves of your own guys against them and so you have an energy bar that fills up and each one of your units costs a certain amount of energy and then you like pit them against each other and you're trying to destroy the other person by getting enough of your units to the other side of the screen Take that basic premise and apply soccer to it instead. So you have all of these different like animals that are soccer characters that have different abilities and you have an energy bar and you have to spend that energy as it fills up to put these guys on the field. And as soon as they hit the field, they have like a timer that's counting down until they leave the field. And you're just trying to score three goals before the opponent scores three goals. It's like surprisingly fun. I did not think I would like it as much as I did, but somebody recommended it and I'm so glad that I tried it. It is way better than it has any right to be. It should not be as fun as it is. And it's goofy in the right kind of way. Like, it's definitely goofy. Um, It's definitely, like, animated, like, almost like Pixar-type characters or, like, what you would expect from an animated movie with animals. It's like that style of animals playing soccer, I guess. Um, But, yeah, it's, it's good. And somehow this is better than all of the strategy games like Clash Royale that are similar because those are more about like defeat your opponent, destroy their buildings, like defeat them, kill them. This is just like it's soccer. So it's lower stakes, right? But in a good way that takes the pressure off and you can enjoy the fun and not as much the competition. So I'm having fun with it. Again, I can sense that my time with Rumble Stars is drawing to a close, but anytime I play a game consistently for that amount of time, it's always worth flagging because I know other listeners are also kind of in that space where they're willing to try out games, especially when they're free. So try try it out if you guys are interested in soccer or anything along those lines that I just talked about. Again, it's called Rumble Stars. Um, another game that I want to talk about was Contest of Champions, the arcade version. So there's a mobile version of this game I had tried it before, but um, we just went to the arcade with my family over the weekend, and we had a really good time. Actually, hang on, I'm going to tangent onto the arcade for a second. My wife absolutely dominated at getting tickets this time. I think we've finally been to this particular arcade enough times that we know like the things that'll pay out in tickets, and usually we just kind of do whatever the kids want, but this time we also grabbed another like swipe card with points on it so that she or I could like wander off to like play a game every once in a while without them because they're old enough at this point. They don't need us constantly watching them. So she would just wander off for five minutes, go play one of the like high scoring ticket games, then come back. So what happened was normally by the time that we're done with a trip to the arcade, we're at like 500 tickets, maybe at most we've ever been at like almost a thousand tickets. This time we had 18,000 tickets by the time we were done. And Their points, they're stored on a card. We're not like physically holding 18,000 tickets, but it was a lot. And it's all because of like my wife's hard work every time that like she'd just wander off for a couple minutes and just win thousands of tickets. So my kids both got those giant stuffed animals that you always see way up above that you don't think anybody could ever afford because they cost so many tickets. Yeah, they got two of those. And now those are in my house. (laughs) 
So I'm glad that we have a bigger house than we did a year ago because I don't know where we would have put those. Um, but it was just, it was adorable that they got these giant stuffed animals and it was so cool to surprise them with that many tickets at the end and all the credit goes to my wife because she's absolutely amazing. But all of that to say, we were at the arcade and we were playing uh, Contest of Champions, which has an arcade edition now. And I have to say, this was the most fun I've ever had with a fighting game in an arcade. It's probably because it's so simplified. Like, I've never really enjoyed Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat or any of those type of games in the arcade because the button inputs are so complex. And if you're going to do a game like that, it's just so much better at home where you can, like, learn all the button inputs and that kind of thing. Like, it just doesn't feel like the right fit for an arcade where games are meant to be just picked up and played. Contest of Champions is meant to be picked up and played. Like, it has a joystick, which you can only really go left and right. And then it has a light attack, medium attack, heavy attack, and it has a special button. And there's no combos to input. There's nothing. Like, if you hold back, you block. If you push forward, you charge in. And then you just, like, mash the buttons. And me and my kids kept going back to this one and having such a good time. By playing rounds of the game, you would get these cards and like every time you played around, whether you won or lost, it didn't matter. It would spit out a card. And what you could do was on the arcade cabinet, they had two spots where you could actually scan these cards back in. So when you're playing, when you just start out, you like, you know, you swipe your thing, you hit start, you hit start again, and it gives you three random characters from Marvel. And there's some like preset teams that I think you just get one of those preset teams. But then as we were acquiring these cards, we would get more and more characters from Marvel that we recognized. And I was like, oh, I want to try this. So the next time you would hit start and then it puts you on the character select screen and you can scan these guys in so by the end we had this stack of cards that we were just scanning back in to pick the characters that we wanted and it was super fun and I thought that the cards were going to be, the one disappointment was I thought these cards you could use to go home and then scan them back into your Marvel Contest of Champion game on mobile, um, and you can't. They're arcade only. But even that being said, like we walked out of there having had a ton of fun. We scanned the cards back in a lot so we could have fun with different characters and try out different characters. And then we got home and my kids had this giant stack of cards to play with and collect or hold on to or make art out of or whatever maybe take them back to the arcade next time we'll see what happens but like i said it was still worth it it was the most fun that i've ever personally had with a fighting game in an arcade because it was simplified to the right level but not too simple it was just kind of it struck that right note plus you got these cool cards out of it so if you ever see one of those arcade cabinets in the wild i highly suggest playing it at least a couple times so you can get some cards and scan them back in and see what it has to offer I'm still playing Final Fantasy V, 4-Job Fiesta also, so I can give a quick update there. I'm not at the Earth Crystal yet. I'm not playing as fast as I have in past years because I'm just busy at the moment. But I have uh, Knight, Berserker, which I didn't want to deal with Berserker, so I re-rolled that into Mystic Knight. So I have Knight, Mystic Knight, and Ninja, and then I don't have my fourth job yet. So we'll see what happens. So far... I'm basically just like playing a group of people that just hit things, which is interesting because in the past I've gotten a lot that have like intricate abilities or spells or stuff like that. I don't really have a whole lot of that. I mean, Mystic Knight, you can like charge the sword with different types of spells to like do different elemental damage, but that's as close as I'm getting. Um, so yeah, I mostly have like the hit things team, which honestly is making leveling and grinding really easy, but some of the bosses are tricky. So it's definitely a different experience than I've had in past years, which is always what I'm looking for with the four job fiesta. So I'm not complaining at all. Um, and then, 
you know, it's it was really nice to have that save file prepared right after the wind crystal. It just speeds up the beginning so much so that I don't have to worry about the intro and whatever. I could just dive right in as soon as the Fiesta went live. Um, and the other thing I'm noticing this year is that I'm relying less on strategy guides to remind me of where to go because I've played this game enough times now that I mostly remember the step-by-step locations and progress of the game. Um, if I do get hung up, I'll refer to one usually. But so far, I haven't had to at all this year, which is kind of surprising to me that I'm actually remembering like what the next step is. But I guess if you play a game enough times, that's bound to happen. So as of last night, I am through the library. I have the fire ship and I'm getting close to the Earth Crystal, which if you've never played Final Fantasy V means nothing to you. But if you have played it, you'll know exactly where I am. And that's kind of it for my main geekery for the week. Um there's a bunch of games that are coming up which again is why it's probably not a bad thing that i'm clearing out some of the geekery this week because like you know by the end of this week bloodstained ritual of the night will be out which is it's the guy who made castlevania but it's his newest game i know it's out on most platforms right now but i was waiting for the switch version so i think that's out probably by the time you're listening to this um but i'm gonna pick that up this week i already have it pre-ordered and then mario maker 2 is out at the end of this week on june 28th and then looking ahead to july it's like there's so many games that are coming out so it's like final fantasy 14 shadowbringers expansion is on july 2nd gloomhaven the digital versions july 17th marvel ultimate alliance 3 is on july 19th and then fire emblem three houses is on july 26th and then all the fall games kind of kick off in September. I, I looked. Actually, I don't have anything that I'm like anticipating for August. So maybe that'll be a slow month again that I can catch up on all of the July releases. We'll see what happens. But fall games really kick off in September. And then there's stuff coming out September, October, November, just like normal. And then December will probably be dead because it typically is. But it's like we're coming up on that game season. So... I'm looking forward to all of those, but I also don't really have anything I'm actively playing right now outside of mobile games and Final Fantasy V, which is okay. I'll see how far I make it on Final Fantasy V before all of these other things come out. Um, But I'm excited to dive back into games and have new games to dig into because I I always have so much fun with those. Since it's a mini episode this week, I'm not going to go super in-depth or do any of like the geeky offer of the week stuff. But of course, I always like to remind you that around the network, we have a bunch of other awesome shows. There's Geektitude with Joe Hogan and Ray Vargas, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, um, Sometimes Rob, or I guess it's technically called And Sometimes Rob, exclamation point, I think is the official title. Anyway, Rob. Rob is excellent. Um, he had an episode come out where he talked about Captain Marvel with his wife. That was out in the last week. So if you aren't subscribed to that feed, you should, because those episodes come out randomly. There's like no schedule at all. And that's totally fine because it works for Rob and I get to listen to Rob and his wife talk. And that makes me happy. Um, Capsule J, he's streaming Tuesdays from 8 to 11 p.m. Eastern, sometimes Thursdays and weekends. I know he's doing the four job fiesta too. So if you want to see some like live gameplay action, Capsule J is a great place to catch up catch up on that. Um, Troy Dull is streaming on Thursdays, sometimes after dinner. I know he just finished up Ocarina of Time, so I don't know what's next for him. Maybe more Zelda, maybe something else. We'll see. Um, and then the Geekery, you can always go and see the Geekery on our geek to geek Media site, where we have a couple different people who write every week. I don't know if BJ usually grabs whatever the latest articles were, so I'm not sure what um, Austin and 13th Story actually wrote this week, but it's always something interesting and new. Um, and then you can subscribe to get a weekly kind of digest of what's going on around the network. So next week, Beach should be back. And hopefully, I think we're on track to do our end of, not end of the year episode, but mid-year recap episode. Um, 
hopefully next week, if not next week, then the week after. But you can write to us comments, suggestions, or feedback. Our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on Twitter at geek2geekcast. We also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast. I blog at agreenmushroom.com. You can find me at grnmushroom. That's green mushroom without the E's on Twitter. Um, I've been void without BG this week, but this was your Geek2Geek podcast. I'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Hey, geeks. This is Capsule J. I'm a streamer on the Geek2Geek Media Network. If you like discovering new games and chatting with cool nerdy folks, be sure to check out my channel on Twitch. You can find it at twitch.tv slash capsulej. That's C-A-P-S-U-L-E-J-A-Y. I stream a blend of indies, retro games, and RPGs most Tuesday nights from 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Eastern, and occasionally on Thursdays and weekends. Hope to see you then. Hi everyone, I'm Katie. And I'm Chelsea, and we are the hosts of Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea. We are two best friends who love pop culture and talking about pretty much whatever we want. Katie! Yes? Stop thinking about Zac Efron and tell our future listeners what some of our latest episodes have been about. Well, we've talked about Zac Efron. No, get it together, Katie. Fine. We've talked about fan fiction, classical literature adaptations, favorite TV couples, and so much more. So grab your cup of tea or whatever your drink of choice is and download our podcast today. Hi, my name is Joe Hogan, and I'm a geek. And if you're currently listening to this, there's a good chance you're a geek too. So check out my podcast, Geektitude. Each week, I talk with somebody about their geek aptitude. Sometimes I talk to people in a geeky profession. Sometimes it's someone doing something really cool with their geekiness. Often it's another geeky podcaster. But it's always someone who wants to share their inner geek. So join me each week as we come together to geek out about all the geeky stuff we love. And remember, this week, keep it geek. Hello, friends. This is Troidal Power inviting you to join me over on Twitch most weeknights sometime after dinner. Video games have always been a social hobby for me, with friends and family crammed together on a couch chatting away while someone holds the controller. And thanks to the power of the internet, I've got my own virtual couch over on Twitch where you can kick back and goof off while I play games. Find me on Twitch by searching Troidal Power, that's T-R-O-Y-T-L-E Power, to snag a spot on the couch.